Hello, welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 46. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and today I have a very special guest back on the show, William Paul. How are you, William? Uh, I'm good, thanks, Elizabeth, and thank you for inviting me back on. It's great to have you back on. Just to want to apologize to everyone that I have been promising to have this interview with William for a long time, but we were both kind of out of commission there for a while, so we're doing it now. <laughs> Um, and I have been off the line, I've been off the internet for an entire week, which is, you miss out on quite a lot of, of actual events that happen sometimes depending on the week. So I'm still catching up. And, um, what we're going to talk about today is, it's something that happened a good couple of three weeks ago, eh, William? But it's still very, very relevant, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it applies not only to the animal rights movement, but to most, if not all, social movements. I'm sure you're absolutely right. So I just want to briefly mention when I what I missed out on this week but is still going on and is going to continue. John Lennon and Yoko Ono had a, had a billboard on Times Square that said, War is over if you want it. And then Professor Francione has created a billboard, a virtual billboard that says, the world is vegan if you want it. It's in so many different languages. Uh, William has helped with the French translation. It's in Portuguese, German, Spanish. We're going to try to get it in as many as many languages as we can. And William's come up with a great idea for a T-shirt. I want one of those T-shirts that he's talking about. So as soon as we get those kinds of things, Gary Francis is not interested in selling this or anything like that, but we can make our own T-shirts if we want. And I certainly want one. So keep an eye out for that, everyone. Um, the world is vegan if you want it. It's just a great message. Um, it just underlines what we're doing um, with this. Um, basically, we're demanding an end to animal exploitation with our voice, with our actions. We can advocate for it uh, because um, that's all we can do right now. I hope everybody understood my last episode because I was very... I don't want there to be any misunderstanding about where I'm coming from. Okay, and then there's been some great articles written by all of the abolitionists in relation to all of these things over the last week, and I'm still catching up on that. So anything else that I missed, William? Uh, I also was offline for a week, so uh, I think you and I have kind of been away at the same time, but, I mean, that was the major thing that, I mean, it's very recent, but very exciting as well. Yes, it is. It really is. Well, fantastic. So, William, why don't you go ahead and introduce what you had contacted me about um, a couple of weeks ago and let everybody know what we're kind of going to address today. Okay, well, I mean, usually I'm on Facebook quite a lot with, with school and with other vegan stuff, just reading articles and other links other vegans post and you know, from time to time you do get quite a few vegans who add you. I mean, like, I'm fine with it, you know, they do post good links. And from time to time you do come across, you know, quite, you know, stories of animal abuse and this hurts people a lot. And you just read their comments and they're totally pro-violent and... You know, they're, they're not kind of understanding and looking at the whole issue of how this, you know, is this going to help animals in any way? Is this going to solve the problem? Is How does this reflect upon us as a movement? And you, you get a lot of pro-violence comments that just make no sense. Yes, and I do see them. Now, there was one that happened... Um, now, wasn't it about the man who filmed himself throwing his dog or a dog off of a bridge uh, yes uh, somebody did post that and I was just reading the comments and I mean people are naturally of course very angry and very upset by what happened and you get the comments that are like oh well let's throw him off the bridge he deserves to have this the whole eye for an eye treatment you do so we're going to do that back to you so you know I'll just respond with well you know is this I you know I always like I always push the message of is this going to help animals how is this you know do you understand what you're saying do you understand the implications of what you're suggesting and how is this this is not going to help animals one bit mm -hmm. 
Yes, and um, it's really very true, actually. Um, I totally agree with you. Now, a lot of people don't agree. Um, they think that they have a right to express their outrage, and I don't say that they don't, but I certainly don't think that the way that to express your outrage is to is to turn around and say that this person should be shown off, thrown off a cliff himself. So what happened when you went on there and tried to sort of advocate for not posting this not posting these kinds of comments out there because you know some of these people who read these things they have so many different people subscribing to them you don't really know who's reading them so you kind of went on there and tried to sort of just give some friendly you know like almost like not advice but let's sort of like say, saying that look you know let's think about these comments what what happened when you did that i mean of course they make it very personal just like welfareists do and other other people who claim to be part of our peaceful movement, they make it really, really personal. And you get comments that are just like, it should have been you who was thrown off the bridge. And you know, it's like, well, you've just gone down to his level. Yeah, exactly. They actually told you that you were the one who should have been thrown off the bridge. And I went and had a, re a couple of read of these comments, and they were really um, accusing you of being um, complicit and something like this, just because you did, you advocated not advocating violence against this person. I mean, number one, that that shows their, I think, a um, extreme lack of control, which is really worrying. Um, we need control, and they lack understanding of what what veganism is. I mean, you are you are removing as much violence from your life as po possible. Well, certainly if you are an ethical vegan, that's what you do. Yes. Um, I mean, we don't... Now, we know that the person who posted this is vegan, right? Yes. Okay. And a lot of the people commenting were vegan, but they were... They're not... They are opposed to the peaceful vegan education that we are doing, and they are saying it doesn't work, and they're posting things like... But the thing is, you know... Then when you go on there and just try to have a dialogue with them, they end up threatening, they'll say, not threatening you because you can't do anything to anybody through the keyboard, but they told you, you should have been thrown off the cliff. Maybe we should throw you off the cliff or something like that, which is just really, really disturbing. Mm. I mean, I was just basically suggesting, you know, I mean, you were once as ignorant as they are now. You were once not a vegan. I mean, okay, you may not have been throwing dogs off bridge, but you were eating animals, you were buying their products, you know, you, you were in that confused position and you were once there so you can understand what it was like. You have personal experience. That's right. And, um, and if it was your family member or yourself and somebody was, because they're very confused about, I think I talked a little bit about this with Adam. We talked about the guy throwing a dog off a bridge. People do get upset because they feel that that's an extreme psychopathic, you know, act. And you know, yeah, of course, um, doing something like that randomly is is different from eating. You know, eating we we all need to eat to live. We don't need to eat animals to live. But the bottom line is the thing that bothered me the most about it is that they they put it out there publicly because even if you do have thoughts. I have some thoughts that I wouldn't share because they're just my brain and they're not useful. They're just emotional knee-jerk reactions. I just try to deal with them. And the most important thing we're trying to do is, as is you said to them, you said, this is not helping. This is not helping the victims here. The victims are all the non-humans who are enslaved. We need to, everything we do should be geared towards that. We can't just give in to our our emotions and do detrimental activity. Um, we need to be controlled. And I understand where the emotion and the anger comes from, but they can go and do it privately to each other. Um, I think that Facebook is way more public than people like to think. I think if you have a violent thought... Um, you need to examine it and you need to try to resolve it, especially if you're vegan and you're promoting veganism. And if you want to vent or, or, or say something angry, do it in private to a person who is understanding because we are still trying to reach the rest of the world with this message and we don't have the we don't have anything that we can use to force anybody to do anything. 
and we don't we don't have the time. We don't have the time to blame people. We just need to fix this. Yeah. We don't we don't have the time to point the finger at who are the animal abusers. Let's just fix this because it's happening every day and it's never going to stop with your tactics. That's that's the main thing. And it was really astonishing to me that you started to get threats not threats. I hate using that word because it's just going down to their level, but it was really astonishing to me that these people or a couple of people went on there and started saying that you should have been thrown off the bridge simply because you weren't advocating using violence against this person. Even though this is all theory and nobody even knows where this person lives, it just was really disturbing and sad that this is a mentality. And we wonder why people are turned off by um, um, by any mention of animal rights. It's because they're ruining it. They're ruining it for us and that means they're ruining it for the animals unfortunately they are problematic with the movement people who i mean we are fighting against something that is inherently violent with violence that's what they are suggesting which makes no sense to me it doesn't make any practical sense either especially not you know in this climate it's just quite funny how what uh Anyway, but but can you also just explain? Did not didn't there wasn't there some sort of mistake made and somebody got emailed? Everybody thought that he was the person who who um, uh, uh, attempted to murder the dog. And well, um, the dog that was thrown off the bridge in Lithuania was, I believe, originally well, it was reposted through the Earthlings group. So I think that's how it gained the attention on Facebook that it did. And I think after after the tens of comments, there was this group made on Facebook that was, I forgot what it was initially called, but it was against one man who they believe did it. I, I believe they hacked his account or there was some hacking done and they, they gained his... Uh, address his phone number, his email address, mm. and I think after a few hours, I mean, people were just sending this man hate mails, and and then they found out that the police had already known this man who had thrown the dog off the bridge, and it wasn't in fact the man who was receiving all these hate mails, and then he comes on the group and says, "You have made my life hell. I have." 1800 hate mails in my inbox you know thank you very much and you know and this is this is just one example of how these you know these actions that's the consequence well yeah i mean here we have somebody who probably um any mention of animal right activism is going to be associated with that and you know can you imagine if if um so, so, so they made a mistake. He wasn't the guy, and he's like getting all this hate mail for this other person, and it's probably violent. I, I really would hate to think of some of the, the the things that were written. Imagine if every single one of those letters was educational. Somebody saying, you know, just trying to point out the truth about what's going on, and to say, um, you know, educating the person about. Um, because obviously he knows that it was a deliberately violent act. But if all of those messages were some kind of really good advocacy, um, somebody maybe trying to analyze, um, what, why did you do this? Um, you know, do you realize it was, you know, this was an innocent victim of your anger or whatever your problems are? You know, things like that. I mean, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if this person is mentally disturbed. I don't know anything about him. But if the, if people or if we if we try to always educate and try to always be truthful and honest and non violent, then the person who received eighteen hundred messages would have received eighteen hundred incredibly profound messages about what animal rights is, what we are doing. You know, imagine how the effect that would have had. So even if it was a mistake, this person would have a probably have gained respect for the animal rights movement and may have even been convinced to reconsider. I mean, if this person is not vegan, it was just a random guy that they made a mistake of, right? So there, there's always consequences. And um, and the scary thing is, is that 
The scariest thing for me was when somebody wrote to you, when somebody responded to your comments by saying you should be thrown off the bridge, William. I think that's really terrifying. And anybody reading that who's not even involved in the dispute is going to, I think that you did really, really well. I was very proud of you, but it was um, it was just another illustration of how they're not really even thinking about the consequences of the action. And that's really quite selfish. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was just trying to stress that, you know, you were once, I mean, you haven't been ve- you haven't been vegan from birth. You know what it was like to be an ignorant omnivore who engaged in moral schizophrenia every day. You know what that's like, you know, and. Yeah, I'm just saying treat this man with respect, you know. And then and then you get the comments about, oh, well, uh, you know, why don't you go send him flowers or why don't you go send him chocolates or why don't you go hug him? Well, I'm not talking about materialistic love. I'm just talking about treating him with respect because he is a human being and he is deserving of that, not, not because of what he did was horrible and... People who do those things shouldn't, you know, should be locked up and never spoken to again. I'm just saying respect him because he's a human being. And, I mean, like, it's not surprising. You know, we live in a speciesist world as it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, we're not saying that we're condoning or that we are saying that what he did is okay or that we don't acknowledge. We're not saying we don't acknowledge that what he did was terribly psychopathically violent against an innocent dog. But we also acknowledge that every single person who sits down to eat a a meal, my neighbors, my family, my friends, are engaging in equally psychopathic and cruelly violent behavior. It's just... It's just sort of they're paying somebody else to do it. And that's what you were trying to say. And not only that, the people who were commenting about throwing this guy off the bridge himself or doing other horrible things to him were themselves once. And that was your point. And then what did you get in return? I think that the good news is is that anybody reading that is going to be – imagine if you hadn't gone on there and all they read was this sort of hate. It might might have been quite detrimental, but you you have helped the situation. They can see there's another side to it. You know, we always need to be there – showing the other side to things and having our voice. So I'm really I'm really glad you did that. I'm sorry that you had to put up with so much abuse. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think... I mean, like, I kind of expect... I mean, I didn't not expect that to happen. I mean, mm. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and they just ended by calling me a speciesist. You know, I'm not the one who wants to throw the man off the bridge and I'm a speciesist. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. They're not even thinking about the consequences of their actions, so in a way they're being selfishly speciesist. They're putting their own emotional needs and their own need to vent above what's what's practical and what's going to help the situation that we are currently in. Has there been any further, um, you know, um, kind of any follow-up on this, or did it kind of end there with them saying, you're a speciesist? Did you go back on and respond, or had you said, because I, I kind of, I think I dropped off after that and I didn't, didn't see what was going on after that did you go back on there and confront it or did you just let it go because you'd already had your say i mean i i just i just let it go i mean i don't learn my lesson after that one story i mean i just think i'm going to talk to i'm just going to talk to non-vegans more because i mean it's it's hard doing that you know internet typing and they interpret my message in their own way they don't want to listen to me they're rude to me. So I don't, I mean, I don't bother anymore. I've learned my lesson. Right. Well, I still think you did a really good thing because there are other people who may have read that, who may have had their eyes opened and their minds opened a little bit to what you were saying. One can only hope. I agree with you um, about the, the, about the emailing and things like that. Um, one face to face is really, really, really effective. Um, so it's, it's something that, I've just moved and um, I keep, I haven't done my street stall nearly as much as I wanted to. Um, Now that I've moved and now that I'm settled and things like that, I I hope to do it more um, this summer. Um, It's just something that I'm building on, but I think we need more of this kind of activism. There's actually a community, you know, I'm really trying to rack my brains as to how to do more 
out here in the local community. And it would be nice, um, you know, it's, it's quite frustrating because the, the welfare groups can do those things with the money that they raise. They're too scared to stop promoting welfare because they think they're going to lose all their money. But they don't realize that with a growing vegan movement, any vegan campaign will gain more supporters and then they will have support for their vegan campaign. So they can use all their capital that they've got now to make a change. We're, we're asking them to, to please help us. Um, we're asking them to use their resources to promote abolition and to stop promoting welfare, to represent animal rights. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really unfortunate that they don't, they don't, re- they don't understand that asking for people's money and spending it on a free-range campaign is, they think that's doing good, but as we know, it, it's not. And, you know, I went into the supermarket the other day, and when I came out, there was a safe collector there, and I just, I walked straight down the stairs and looked her in the eye, and she said to me, would you like to donate? And I said to her, actually, I have a question for you. And I asked her, why does, why does SAFE not, why don't you promote veganism? And her response was, oh, well, the public views veganism as being really, really extreme, and the problem is factory farming, and if people can buy free range, they're doing immense good. And I'm, I'm just shaking my head at her going, mm. I mean, I don't, I don't expect her to... I don't expect them to listen to me. I don't expect them to go, great idea, young man. We'll take you up on that, you know, but I just feel I have to tell them. Well, my, my sad comment on that, which is my general, one of my general sad comments, is that this person may be, well, first of all, we needed to find out if she was vegan or not. And we don't know. Um, she's just a collector, so she could have been anything. Um, but the sad thing is, is she's quoting these things. And as we know, what campaign was it anyway, in particular? Was it just in general for SAFE? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was from SAFE. She was just collecting outside. Just in general. So she's saying free range is better and it's better. And she probably has no idea what she's even talking about because she hasn't done her research that it's actually not... um, I mean, if you do want to compare suffering, if you are not vegan and you do want to compare suffering and you want to go on, go on about the major difference between cage-free and free-range, you know, the difference is so slight as to be negligible as to be almost non-existent with regard to the horrific torture and conditions. So they're not even aware that they're promoting a lie themselves. They're promoting propaganda that that's probably, they have no idea about the truth themselves. So this girl herself is being deceived. She doesn't even know the truth. And so she's telling other people that it's, that it's so much better. And where is she getting this information from? Um, so it's a good thing that you tried to educate her, at least get her to go out there and check it out, challenge her so that she goes home and says, well, let me just make sure that what I'm promoting is actually what I say it is when I'm out there asking for money. You know what I mean? Um, but the most important thing we need to do is to educate anybody who cares about animals that their use is suffering, use is not justified, use is slavery, and that needs to stop. So it is very sad about that they're caught up in all this on all this um, treatment issue. But I'm glad that you that you went out there and said and, and, and had a voice and, and got her thinking. Um, anybody who's out there spending their time collecting is obviously willing to do stuff you know so there's a potential person who obviously has a passion to do to take her time as a volunteer she doesn't get paid for that to go out there and try to help problem is she probably she doesn't really hasn't heard any other any other approach so i think it was good of you to do that and don't be surprised some people might turn to you and say what do you mean and be receptive to it um you know some of these young collectors who really want to help and just don't really know what else to do. They've never heard of the abolitionist approach. They've, they haven't been told to do that by their whatever group they're representing. They haven't been told to talk about veganism to people. And the other thing that bothers me about that is why is veganism considered so extreme by the public? Well, geez, probably because... You just, <laughs> just told me in your own words that it's extreme. Well, you reinforce that exactly. stereotype. Yeah, exactly. So... So that's that's another problem. But anyway, we've got we've gone off on a tangent. Do you feel that we've covered? Um, did you have you said everything you wanted to say about what happened with this? Um, these people who were who were who were proposing sort of bodily harm to this to this other guy who had 
who had actually engaged in bodily harm on on because I, I feel like that was something really important. Um, do you feel good about that? I mean, it was interesting because I forgot how, but I kind of pointed out my age that I was sixteen, and it's kind of it's troubling for me, a sixteen-year-old hearing grown adults, people two or three times my age, advocating. For violence, and then of course they all get apologetic with me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't realize you were six. I mean, you know, it's regardless of my age, you know. And I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to me about I'm older than you, I've had more experience with the world, I know how it works. Well, you should know that violence and war don't solve anything. No, don't you know that? Yes. Well, you had something to teach them, William. So um, that was, um, you know, you're quite possibly a heck of a lot wiser than than any of them. You certainly are, in fact, um, wiser than any of them, um, despite the fact that you're, you know, half their age or younger. So um, I'm actually, um, I thought it, I thought you handled it really well. Um, you do handle these things really well. So I'm very glad that you are able to do that. Um, I think that you write, you write wonderfully. So uh, it was. It's very scary. It's it's not nice to be the recipient of violent talk. Um, so I I know that it's not pleasant. So yeah, um, it was definitely a learning experience for you um, and for me uh, reading them. Um, I guess we learn something new every day. But um, wasn't there something else that that happened that we were going to talk about? It's just like the faux fur and like the leather yeah, and anim- animal products. It's disgusting. It's, I think I think especially with clothing. Yes. Yeah, you know, I learned that from you as well and Jordan as well because you guys refuse to wear anything that looks like leather, and I'm now doing the same. Like because I just yeah I, yeah it just yeah I mean that's just the way fashion works. You know, you see a thousand people wearing faux fur and they go, well, my clients will have the best. They'll have real fur, you know, and that's is how it's going to continue and it does i mean you and you don't know if it's if it's fake or not really do you oh i i can tell oh okay well um i i was influenced by that because it's hard to find shoes that are not made of the plastic that looks like um leather but i've managed to um I'm changing the way that I dress, and you guys influenced me to do that. I'm really grateful to you because I was using fake leather stuff because it's very common. I mean, I don't think that one's, like, the big... I mean, like, kind of... You know how, like, it kind of... of, I mean, like, faux fur is obviously based on real fur, but kind of the pleather can kind of... You know how it just kind of fits into sort of... You know, it can kind of be like a plastic vinyl shoe, but also... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I had these belts that I've gotten... I've donated them, and I had a handbag, and I managed to um, find... Because it looked like leather. I mean, maybe an expert fashion person would take one look at it and say, ha, that's not real leather or whatever, but your average person doesn't. It just looks like a leather bag. I look like everybody else walking around. I I look like. Do you know what... Well, you can tell? Okay, well, I can't. So... I am trying to represent, so what I do, it's not that I, I don't, I, I, for myself personally, I agree with you. Um, if I meet other, I mean, it's like I say, shoes are, shoes are difficult, but I, I bought a couple of canvas sneakers and wearing those and um, my bag now, I managed to go to the Salvation Army and I actually found a bag made out of red corduroy and it's a perfectly functioning handbag because I carry a handbag with my wallet and my keys and things in it and I exchanged the other one for that. Well, I, I donated the other one and I bought this one. And I love having this bag as my handbag. And I love, I am way more comfortable wearing head to toe and carrying um, things that don't look anything like animal products. I am just way more comfortable doing that. And um, it's it's actually, I feel very, very good about it. That being said, you know, look, I mean, I know that there are um, plenty of... Um, people who wear shoes that are, I mean, and like not all my shoes are canvas. It depends on what kind of job I'm doing, if I'm doing a corporate job. But it is much, uh, it is. Shoes, shoes is really hard. It's hard at the moment. I mean, everything's hard at the moment because we don't have a vegan movement yet. We haven't had that yet. 
Hey, so the other thing I wanted to talk about with you um, and bring up, and that's that the New Zealand Vegan Society is up and running again. Yeah, I'm, that is so amazing that yeah, they are a fantastic resource. They're a fantastic resource, and their website is really, really good. And they've just put out this big book of vegan products, including bread, which is so important because we have so many products in our bread. So the website for the New Zealand Vegan Society, www.vegansociety.co.nz. And I feel, I mean, they've been up and running for probably well over a month now. And this is the first time that I've really got talked about it on my podcast. I think because when it happened, I did an interview with, some, with, with Adam or something like that. So I do apologize for not plugging it more. But um, they are going to come out with nutrition guides. Um, I've asked them to come out with nutrition guides that I can use on my stall because I find that um, – do you find that when you're talking to your schoolmates and things that one of their biggest concerns is nutrition? Um, I think I think yes and no. I do think that secretly that is, you know, well, okay, well, what about this? Uh, you know, I get that from me. Well, I, I do think that they do secretly, you know, they just love the taste so much I use the nutritional argument to defend that I I do sense that I mean I will speak to them genuinely about the nutritional issue but I, I don't think they're serious honestly okay. I don't not nowadays because there's just so much general knowledge that of all these people who are very healthy and who are vegan and it seems pretty obvious um yeah, I think you're right. And that was one of the things that Gary Steiner said in the interview with with Gary Francione was that reasoning just goes out the window and people will do anything they can to justify this this thing. You know, when you when you stop justifying it and you admit it, it's a terrible it's a personal admission of participation in in absolute horror. So people will do whatever they can to avoid that. Well, we just can't allow them to to get away with it but anyway back to the New Zealand Vegan Society so they've just put out this big book so anybody listening from New Zealand please if you haven't already become a member of the New Zealand Vegan Society check out their big book which they put out I think right before I moved I believe they put it out last week and I have I haven't even really had a chance to look at it. I just got back online now. And then you can be aware of what products are vegan in our supermarkets, especially breads. I mean, I think they have pretty much everything in there. It's almost like a... Yeah, I mean, it's 33 pages of vegan food that is available in our supermarkets. It's And, and it's a fantastic resource. And next time someone over the internet, someone from school asks me, well, what do you eat? I'm going to paste that link to them and they can go read it themselves. Excellent. Excellent. So that's very exciting to me. I love that we have a vegan society again in New Zealand. Um, it's it's um, just so nice. And when people do ask about nutrition, I'm gonna send them there. Um, I do want to. I would do. I do want to get some physical things as well um, to give out to people. But it's just um, a great development. And the website is amazing. I'm really impressed with the website. And also there's a Facebook group, so please join the um, New Zealand Vegan Society Facebook group uh, if you're listening and just become a member or become a fan or whatever you do and support it. Um, the more uh, members that, that we have there, the, the better the publicity for the group. They're obviously non-profit and things and they do, um, you know, they need support. And if you are in New Zealand, please become a member. Uh, it's very affordable and you just become a member and it just will, will help this to continue. This is something that we do not want to fold again. <laughs> and I don't think it will because I think that, you know, things are really beginning and, um, you know, we're, we're starting a vegan movement and um, SAFE has promised to do a vegan campaign next year. Um, so that's I, what we're hearing. That's yeah. what we're hearing. We really hope that they do. We do hope that they do. It's interesting to me, though, how a welfareist group it's, is going to, 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 to do that. And when we support it, we're going to have to be very clear on what we're supporting. Like when I promote the vegan store, the one in Auckland, I tell people it's, it's all vegan products. I love that. Um, but I don't support any of the campaigns that you see advertised in there. I don't support the ideology of of the of the um the owners of the store. I just 
please go and buy vegan products. It's all vegan, and you know that's great. But I have to make it very. Cl- you can buy anything off the shelf there. You didn't used to be able to, just so you know. When I first went in there, there were things that had honey and beeswax in them. But they've changed that now, I'm pretty sure. But um, in general, when I have to, the sad thing is when I do mention the, the vegan things that they do, there's a vegan marathon group, right? They run marathons and they have a t-shirt that they wear. I mean, I support vegan activism, 100% vegan activism, but unfortunately when a welfareist group does anything that's related to vegan activism, you always have to say, you know, by the way, I'm only supporting the vegan activism, I don't, I don't support the ideology because everything else they do is promoting, you know, p- promoting, it's perpetuating speciesism. So I do support, you know, but the sad thing is I always have to have a disclaimer. I have to have a disclaimer when I, when I promote the vegan store because... The proceeds to the store are going towards welfare camp. Well, the proceeds to the store are going towards keeping the store running, and that's fine. But um, it just it is sad to me. So I'll be very interested to know what we do if this is really true. If they really do have a welfare, uh, sorry, if they really do have a vegan campaign, I'd be very curious to see how they're going to do it and how we're going to promote it ourselves, us abolitionists, because I'm not going to promote them until they're 100% vegan advocacy and no compromising on the animal rights issue. I only promote people who are uncompromising on the animal rights issue because anything less to me is unacceptable morally, theoretically, and practically. And that's just that. But it doesn't mean that if you have a vegan store, I'm not going to mention that favorably, but I have to put a disclaimer in front of my, you know, because I, you know, this is very important. It's not nitpicking. You know, you know what people say all the time, it's, it's not black and white. It is black and white. Animal use is wrong. <laughs> it's black and white. So anyway, so um, we'll see what happens with the vegan campaign, this so-called if it happens and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And I'd be very interested to know how they're going to pull it off. Um, I, hope it'll, I hope it will be the unequivocal vegan message and vegan-only message. If it's not, it's not a vegan campaign. So either they will or they won't. But if they're saying, go veg, well, that's what they do anyway. So that's that's not the same. If they say, go vegetarian or vegan, that's not a vegan campaign. If they say, go vegan, but if you can't, here's some happy meat products for you, that's not a vegan campaign. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Nobody can be under any illusions about what we consider to be a vegan campaign. <laughs> a vegan campaign is about veganism. That's it. Ending, you know, abolishing animal use. Um, if you don't want to put it that way, just promote veganism, which is not using animals in your own personal life. And um, we'll see what they they do. Um, but in the meantime, anytime you see a collector, you're going to go up to them and and try to sort of broaden their horizons a little bit, eh, William? Yeah, it's a problem I have. I can't. It's okay. You know, I can't stay away from them. Yeah, no, well, it's good. I think it's a good idea to ask them if they're vegan first. Say, but I just want to know if you, if you yourself are, if you're a vegan. Or I would probably say to them, you know, how oh, hello, you're representing animal. Are you representing, what are you representing? And they'll probably say animal rights. And then you say, well, then I, I, I assume that you're a vegan, obviously. And then go from there. Because they were, I mean, they wear the blue faux fur vests that say against animal cruelty, so... Oh, really? Well, that she was wearing one, so I just assumed on that, well, if you're against animal cruelty, you're vegan and you promote animal rights. That's what it means. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, cruelty, <laughs> it's the same as suffering. It's because of use. Use equals cruelty. Use equals suffering. There are no degrees, you know what I mean? Like... Oh, and you're just... telling me that free range is the best, and that's helping animals. So, yeah, that's a confusing message. That is very confusing. But she herself is confused. I'm sure she genuinely has been told, and she trusts the people who told her to know what they're talking about. And unfortunately, either they're lying to themselves. And the bottom line is, as you and I agree, there is no better in this. It's just all wrong. So anybody who represents animal rights is going is just confusing the general public. Oh, we've we're kind of repeating ourselves now. We we all know this, um, but I am also going to keep an eye out. I guess there's a uh, there'll be. Oh, you know what else I wanted to talk about the cow, the cow cubicles. Oh, okay, yes. So 
we have never, as far as I can see, done anything to represent the dairy cows and their calves in any campaigns in this country. I could be wrong. Maybe there was one. Um, I've only been back for a year and a half, and I've only been doing this since January, really. So I could be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I am not aware of any campaigns about dairy farming. And I've been getting on people's case about it and saying, what about the dairy calves, you know? What about them, you know? Um, you, want to, you want to confront the worst cruelty. You want to start measuring suffering. Talk about them. And now they're only talking about the cubicles, and that's the big issue now. And um, the fact that we've been using dairy cows and stealing their calves and murdering their calves and torturing the, the mothers for decades is has never been confronted. And now, because of the cow cubicles, it's all going to be about cow cubicles. It's still not about use. And... Um, Safe is selecting for a campaign. I'm sure that there's going to be a new campaign about this, and I'm sure that the spokesperson will be somebody who's not vegan. I mean, I'm just cynical now. I'm sure that it's not going to have anything to do with the fact that the cows are forcibly impregnated, that they are slaves, that their babies are stolen from them, that we shouldn't be using them for their milk or for their flesh. We shouldn't be stealing their babies. We shouldn't be bringing them into existence for our use. It's not going to be about that. It's going to be about New Zealand's green image. It's going to be about the size of the cubicles. Oh, it's just it's so frustrating. But anyway, you know, New Zealand, our main industry is dairy farming, I would assume. I would assume that that would be our main income. I, I could be wrong. I believe it's $10 billion a year. I think right. that's what I read. So, yeah, we will have to reevaluate our nation's economy, but um, it's it's it's... um. That's so what? The world's going to have to reevaluate everything. We all need to be reevaluating everything. But um, we certainly can't use that as an excuse to not tackle dairy farming. Do you know what I mean? Like, as an ethical, it's all wrong. So, oh my gosh. Anyway, this cubicle thing is just going to get, it's just going to irritate me. But I'm just going to continue to speak out about it the way that I've always spoken out about it. Um, I've, um, you know, nobody ever sticks up for the dairy cows. Vegetarianism here is heavily promoted by the animal welfare group anyway. So now they're going to tell all the vegetarians that they can be... Well, they already tell them that they're being ethical, but now they can tell um, omnivores that not only are they being ethical with their egg production, that if they don't buy the cow cubicle milk, they're going to be ethical with their milk you know, consumption. So you and I know what I'm babbling on about, eh, William? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Just uh, comments you get on... Uh, news channels just about well I'm not going to, just from the public I'm not going to buy milk that comes from this horrific practice you know, these groups are making people think that the way we most, the way we usually would farm dairy cows is acceptable which it's not. Exactly yeah, it's all a big mistake so when I saw this, and you know, these cow cubicles are already here, I mean I, I really was really, there was an article last year sometime, before I even started doing my podcast, I think, yeah, obviously because it was last year, where I read in a paper, and I wasn't, I still wasn't very clued up on everything, I was still kind of just reeling from all the information, where an entire town, and I wish I could find the article, I can't find it again, and it was online too, I think, an entire town down close to Christchurch, their water con- was contaminated, the entire town's water was contaminated from intensive dairy farming. Intensive indoor dairy farming. That was over a year ago, so it's already here anyway, and it's already been here. And I, I mean, the the consumption is right is rising because uh, there's been no vegan movement. So even countries that have a history of vegetarianism for millennium are now eating the Western diet of of meat and animal products. And New Zealand's one of their biggest suppliers. And our, what do you think that those cubicles are coming here? It's to meet this growing demand. So that was it was inevitable. You know, unless we tackle the demand, the cubicles are going to come because the world's population is growing and there's more and more money to be made. So I don't know why everybody's acting surprised. Everybody's like, oh, no, cow cubicles in New Zealand. I'm like, it was inevitable. I mean, just use your brain. Use your common sense, you know. People aren't having any critical thought. That's what – there's no critical thinking going on. Um, and, I mean, I still have a lot to learn. And, like I say, if there was ever a campaign about dairy farming, please let me know. And I'll have a look at it and tell you what I think about it. And if only people would realize that um, 
what we're it's not about alienating people we want people to help we we believe what we're doing is right they believe what they're doing is right we want them to come and help us they probably possibly want us to go and help them i don't know i mean we want safe to have a go vegan campaign but we have to keep an eye on it we have to be very careful do you know what i mean i almost i mean i i don't i can't trust them 100% i hope that they do a vegan campaign um, I mean, they say they have a vegan policy, but, you know, where is it? I, I don't see it. No, I don't see it, exactly. So, but anyway, we can't really control what they do or, or what anybody does, but we can certainly still be vocal, try to work on our diplomacy. I'm still trying to work on that. And um, and I'm still going to try to get these things going. There's a community center here. I'm racking my brains. You know, I never had to organize anything before, so... You know, I really want to kind of, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could get into the schools, huh, and talk about veganism? Yeah. I mean, so, I know you're doing it, but I'm in university, it's different. I mean, like, I have Mufti for the last two years of my school life, so I can wear pretty much whatever I want. I can wear, wear whatever slogan I want on my t-shirt, so I can promote it that way. And hopefully, hopefully people will stare and look and read it and think about it and talk to me about it that's right yeah. that's right and i i um well we've got these great designs that um for this the world is vegan if you want it that we're going to try to make t-shirts out of that's a really awesome design i just paint vegan on my jackets at the moment that's that's what i do and um I love the thought that people are walking up the street behind me and there's an enormous vegan on the back of my jacket. I hope they're looking at it and looking at me and saying, oh, you're a vegan. Okay, you're breaking the stereotype. I mean, maybe I'm not. Maybe I fit a stereotype in their head, but um, uh, I don't know. Um, I love wearing the word vegan on me. I love promoting veganism. As we know, so I want to get these t-shirts made so you can wear them next year. When do you go? When do you start wearing Mufti? Uh, I go back to school on the first week of February. All so right, we need to get I've, at least. I've got, I've got, I've got like ten weeks of holidays. All right, well, we need to definitely get a t-shirt sorted out. Sam Tucker, we're going to be hitting up Sam because he's got soul sleeves, so he's going to try. We're going to try to get him to help us. Um, so Sam, if you're listening, um, we're going to be hitting you up for t-shirt stuff. And also Jordan has created this, he knows about this website that where you can design your own t-shirts and everything. So I've been really slack about that um, and I need to get on it. Jordan actually mentioned it to me the other day and I would love to have a t-shirt with the world is vegan if you want it and definitely one for you. I love the, I love the idea that you had of making it a tile is that what it is in all different languages and every single language that we have in New Zealand which is we have a lot of languages here and you said your school is like one of the most multicultural in the country yeah I think like we've had like 50 different cultures at my school so you know hopefully if I can just get like a multilingual multiple language shirt and people can just look at that and read their own language and understand it and you know, oh, wow I see my own language Definitely. Well, we've got it in a bunch of languages. We've got it in a bunch of languages, so we just need to get a few more. There's all kinds of, there's lots of African languages in New Zealand. Somalia has a few different languages, because I know, I know the interpreters and, and the translators, so I'm going to get onto that, William, and I'm going to try to get it translated into Farsi and all these other languages that I don't even remember how to pronounce them. Um, because it's a very simple phrase, the world is vegan if you want it. Um, and that's all, that's all that we're going to put on there, so... Boy, there's just so much to do, isn't there? Yeah, so much, and it's it's great, you know, it's happening now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to say today? Well, I've got you on. I feel like I've been doing all the talking again. Uh, I mean, I've just, you know, I'm really enjoying being vegan, and I've been vegan for about eight or nine months, I believe, and, you know, like, it feels like it's been years, so... It's been really great just realizing that it's the right thing to do. And yeah. Well, I'm very glad for you and for us that you're there. And there's a really great vegan community in Auckland and online as well. So. Yeah, that's really cool. And so you've been getting in touch with the vegan community in Auckland and met, met with some of them 
and things. Um, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's just really nice to talk with other vegans and be in the same room with other vegans and just know that they think you're sane. You know, just it's really nice having that feeling. That's really good to hear. You definitely need that. We need to enter that little sane world every now and then, um, because we are the sane ones, in my opinion. So that's really cool. Well, I thank you so much for coming back on and talking about these things. And if anything else happens that you want to talk about, you know, just let me know, like you did. And also, anybody listening, um, you know, if there's if anything happens that you think needs to be covered, or that you want to come on the show and talk about, just email me. And if you have Skype, we can do it. So, William, thank you so much again. And um, I, I'll be in touch. We'll be in touch with each other. And um, keep an eye out for William on Facebook, William Paul, and he's one of my friends on Facebook, so I recommend following William on Facebook for sure. You don't do much on Twitter, so I don't... No, but I should. <laughs> well, it, it's the, it's it's a lot, you can spend a lot of time. You have to, it's all about time management. I need to manage my time better as well, so that's okay. He's, he's NZ Vegan on Twitter, NZ Vegan, so you can follow William on Twitter, um... But definitely follow on Facebook and networking, and you know we're all going to help each other do this. So this is where it's at. All right, William, take care. Okay, you too. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. See ya. See ya. Alrighty, that was uh, my interview with William. Um, please uh, tune in uh, to my next episode where I hope to interview Paula Aldana, who is was a Spanish guest and she is also bilingual and I really want to have her on as well. Um, so yeah, I'll be back. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>